Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest team building podcast. What is up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We're back with another edition of the Team Building Podcast. We've got a killer guest with us today. We're going to talk about how to add a zero to the end of all of your deals. And we're also going to talk with our guest about how he has taken an average of two and a half to three months off every single year for about the last 10 plus years while running his team. That team is going to finish in uh, close to 60 million in volume this year, over 100 deals. And uh, so we've got a ton of stuff to talk about. We're even going to get into a little bit about teams within teams. So this is going to be a good one. So first of all, back with us, the man, the myth, the legend, as always, no, even if I forget to say it, you're still the man, the myth, the legend, Jeff Cohn. What's up? All right. Hey guys, I'm super pumped. Brandon, thank you for being here. Uh, Brandon reminded me to not cuss on our live broadcast today. <laughs> I think I've done a pretty good job um, not using profanities. I might slip one in there once in a while, but today we won't. Brandon's kids are going to watch this. So I want to give a shout out. Brandon mentioned a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. What's up guys? Your dad's awesome. Um, I'm sure he spends a lot of time with you guys, so I'm just excited to have the opportunity to talk to him today. So thanks for letting me interview your dad. Um, I'm pumped, <laughs> though. We, we love these podcasts. They're weekly. So for anybody jumping on for the first time, be sure to check us out on iTunes. I know Matt will give a plug at the end, but we ask that you review us. That will help more people find us on there. Just go to iTunes or Stitcher if you're a droid person and find it. It's the Team Building Podcast by Jeff Cohn. That's right. All right. So first of all, Brandon Nelson just wanted to welcome you real quick. Thanks for being with us. Hey, thank you guys. Thank you guys. And you know, I forgot to ask, who can I thank for putting you in touch with me in the first place? Do you know? Uh, I think it was, I, we tracked you down because at one point you were probably, you were on another podcast, probably Pat Hybens. I think we were introduced through Pat. Awesome. Love Pat. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's yeah. such an honor to be here guys. So thank you. Yeah, we're excited to have you. So first of all, for the people that may have not caught your other interview and, and don't know much about you for whatever reason, give kind of the, just a little 60 second rundown on where you're at and uh, what your team looks like. Yeah, so we're an independent real estate firm in Bellingham, Washington. Brandon Nelson Partners is the name of our firm. Uh, last year, just to put it into context, last year we did 84 sides for $34 million in volume, and there were uh, four of us agents working. This year in January, I decided to grow it a little bit. Um, we hired three more agents uh, between January and March. And this year we're up uh, 70, a little over 70% in our numbers, 140 units, and we'll do about 58 million in volume. Cool. Awesome. And anything, uh, so those agents that you're, that you're, you know, partnering with and, and they're uh, members of your firm, how, how do they work? Are they working leads that you give them? Or are they specialists, you know, buyer seller? How, how do they work? Yeah, great question. So we decided uh, this year to switch the model from specialist to realtor. So our, our agents do listings and buyer sides. We also modified the split. We work as a team. We were 50-50 for the first couple of years of the business. And that was, you know, 50% to the, to the buyer's agent with their expenses being covered. The only thing I required them to pay for was their gas and cell phone, MLS dues, and realtor dues. Everything else was covered by the firm from closing gifts to thank you cards for referrals to moving trucks for our clients. The whole deal was covered. So they could take away a pretty good chunk of money if they were busy. 
This year, we decided to incentivize it further. We added a second split if they brought business to the firm. So if mm-hmm. they bring a client to the firm, we change it to 65-35. They get 65%, firm gets 35%. Mm-hmm. That has been my top two agents are at about 55% and about 60-65% of their business this year has been generated by them. So I see that as working well. And, gotcha. and what I'm looking to do now is because they're getting to that uh, there, uh, I think my, my top agent is going to hit just about 150 in GCI this year for herself or NCI net commission income for her. Yeah. Um, then, uh, what I want to do is look at again, another tweak. If we hit a certain cap, I want to take her to an even higher level, but then also I want to talk to, I'm already talking to them about guys, how do you grow it from here? And you do it by building a team below you. So that's kind of where we're headed in that regard. Yeah, exactly. And there's some, there's some cool stuff you're doing in terms of uh, working on specializing in certain things like grow, growing and learning more in certain areas of the business so that you can increase your average deal size. And I want to talk about that. We're going to talk about teams within teams. But let's address that split thing just real, real quick, Jeff, because I know you've gone through that same uh, very, very similar transition and have come out with some of the same lessons. So what's your current split if somebody you know, works yeah. a, a lead that you give them versus bringing their own business? Yeah. So our splits haven't changed in six years. And I was pretty intentional when we created our split structure that it'd stay the same. I didn't want to have to keep changing for the highest producing agent. And so our change was teams within teams, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But if you're a brand new agent, not brand new, if you're an agent that has produced over 10 deals a year, we'll bring you on under our team based on your volume you did the year before. That's how we'll choose how we pay you out. So anyone that um, does over $4 million in volume, which in Omaha is going to be about 25 or 30 transactions, we'll start them at an 80-20 split. Now that's after the brokerage has taken 6% because we pay Berkshire the franchise fee. And so most of the agents that had started out in the beginning started at 60-40. Anyone that does less than a million starts at 60-40. And then we increase their split at the end of each year by by 5% for every million dollars that they do. So if someone does 1 million, they're at 65-35, 2 million, 70-30, 3 million, 75-25, or 4 million or more, it's 80-20. They have to earn that split every single year. So um, at the end of this year, if they go down a million, then their their commission split would drop as well. Now, when we generate a lead, so it's brokerage generated or firm generated, it's a 50-50 split. So 20, about 27% of our deals to date, we've done 700 transactions to date for about 125 million in volume. We'll end the year at about 750 sides and 150 million in volume, about three and a half million in gross commission income. Um, about 30% of our deals come from internet leads. And so it's interesting on my PL, I pay out about 60% to agent commissions. So my split should be what Brandon's split is. It should just be 60, 40, but psychologically your top producers who are doing a lot of deals from their own sphere, they want to be compensated and feel like they're getting more commission. Just like you guys, Brandon chose to pay out a little bit more when they brought the lead. So we're paying them 80, but a lot of the deals coming out of their teams is are coming in at 50, 50. So mm-hmm. net net on the PL, we're paying out 60%, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So I like having a tier. I like having a tier there where if they work my leads, it's 50 50. But if they're generating their own business, it goes higher. And the more deals they do, the higher we'll pay them. But there is obviously a point where I'm not going to do a 100% plan. I know some other teams offer that, just like a brokerage might, where there's a cap. Like Keller Williams tries to get about $25,000 per capper. You could have that same mentality um, as a real estate team leader. We've chosen not to go that route. Um, and what we've done is to have, offer more value to your top producers is help them build teams. I think the best leaders help their followers become them. 
And in doing so, it propels them even further. And so that's exactly what we've done. But I'd like what Brandon talked about being um, like having a company that offers pretty much everything. We're the same way. It doesn't cost anything to be on my team. They pay $60 a month to the brokerage, which covers their errors and omissions insurance. They have to pay for their MLS dues, which is like $2,000 a year. They pay their own gas. Um, outside mm-hmm. of that, we pretty much cover most of, most of the um, costs. We split some of the overhead costs on listings, like whatever their commission split is on the deal. I pay it all up front, and Same. then they reimburse me their portion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me clarify one thing. Your 50-50 split for firm-generated business, that does not step up per million dollars in volume? That stays That constant? never changes. Correct. Got it. Okay. That's what we're thinking of as well. And that's where I'm making my money. Mm-hmm. I generate 2,000 leads a month. We close about 3% close ratio on those. And that's where a majority of the, you know, good, strong profits coming in. The challenge is that profits coming off of newer agents, because as you become older in the business, you don't want to work Internet leads. You want to create Internet leads for other people in charge of 50 50 split. Okay, Sorry, Jeff. (laughs) You're good, dude. Am I okay to interrupt? Yes, of yes. course. And you're okay. okay to interview me. Okay, good, good, good. Perfect, perfect. Um, now I lost my train of thought. Um, okay, my business, 81% repeat and referral. So the mm-hmm. 50-50 that, uh, that, that the agents get is someone who came to me, hey, Brandon, we're ready to go. I introduced them to one of the agents. So oh, it's wow. a lot less a lot friction e- for them, a lot wow. easier. And maybe Dang. it's generous, but I want people, I want everybody in my firm be, to be making six figures. And we're on track for that. I love it. Yeah, and that's exactly my goal, too, with my firm. That's interesting. Um, we want our agents to do 36 deals a year, uh, 12 from their sphere of influence, 12 from leads we generate, and then 12 from leads they create through their own prospecting efforts. And with our average sales price of $209,000, they need to do about 36 sides to be able to make six figures. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that's really generous because you're essentially handing them a lead. I bet the conversion ratio on those is a lot better than 3%. Oh. My agent's having to run a lot more behind those internet leads at a 50-50 split. And I know you never want to take anything away, but anybody watching this, if you're handing people teed up leads, usually I see the agent keeping 25% and the team leader keeping 75. I still will go on listing presentations and just do the one hour list press. And I keep 75%. I hand it over to somebody else to actually service it all the way to execute a contract. Then my admin services it from executed to close. And I keep 75% on those and they get 25%. Yep. Yep. We do. I do same thing. 65, 35. If I go on a listing appointment and then the agent steps in, co-lists with me, they do most of the work. It's 35% to the to them at the end. So very similar. And we're working with a little bit higher, you know, sale price and commissions here as well. Our average yep. sale price is up roughly 450, you know, so yep. there's a little more revenue per deal to play with. Well, how much um, commission is there per deal? Do you know that? Um, as a percentage? No, I'm just as a dollar amount. I know like our average deal is $5,700. Our average commission percentage is 2.8%. Hey, Grace. And sell average together. Do me a favor. Calculate our average commission dollars per closed transaction for the year. So, Grace, it's an interesting number to look at. In, 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 in the Omaha market, our listings, we keep 60% and the buyers only get 40%. So, a 6% listing in Omaha pays out 3.6% to the listing side and 2.4% to the buyer side. A 7%, which is what I always list at, pays out 4.2%. So, I tried, I'm, I'm angry at people like you who have an average sales price of 400 or we just had a Carl Fong out of Miami said his average was 1.2 million. And so oh, I'm no. trying to find a way to make it, make up for it. So I'm like, all right, 7%, I'm keeping 60% of it. Yeah. And I still am not catching up, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. There's a San Francisco agent, a buddy of mine who said, Brandon, we'll see listings go for a million over list. So an extra, extra 30 grand in revenue. I on an escalation Matt, shut plus. the speed off. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? I'm out. I'm moving. I'm moving. <laughs> so here's a question for you, Jeff, and I don't want to miss this. Um, 
our assistant, Grace, who I just asked to give me a number, is someone I want to, I hope she's with me until the end. She is beyond awesome. You realize right now her heart's like exploding, right? Like, well, I, oh, I no, hope she's he listening. No, no. <laughs> no, everybody in the firm would, yeah, yeah. They would follow her before they'd follow me. So yeah, <laughs> I want to know what's the fastest way to get her. And I'll tell you how we pay her now. What's the fastest way to get her to six figures? Because that's something I want. Do you have any admin making six Man. figures? Um, yes. <laughs> tell me about well, my, that. My operations manager gets 114000 a year. I don't know that there's admin positions that warrant it. I think direct reports warrant it. You're, if you ended up hiring a success manager or someone that was in an operations role that oversaw all your admin staff. So she's going to end up needing to be your direct report for your back office to ever get to make six figures. And then you'll need to have, if you don't already have some, some type of person in place to hold all of your agent group ac- accountable um, and be responsible for inspecting what you expect your agents to be doing. So you talk uh-huh. about these three month trips, which I want to talk to you more about that. We can even talk about that off air. I love traveling and I spent at least last year it was over three months traveling. Half was personal and then half was business, which is always still fun. And so um, for me, six years ago, one of the reasons we started a real estate team was I wanted to be able to live and lead the life of my dream. And I couldn't do that if I always felt like I had to be at the office, you know, managing things, right? responding to my clients, et cetera, et cetera. So I wanted to have direct reports for everything. I wanted to essentially be able to not be necessary. I always say I want to be able to kill myself, meaning I'm out of the equation and everything can run without me. Once you found someone that can operate where, where you do not have to be there, obviously you are there um, to motivate, inspire, hold them accountable, et cetera, answer their problem questions. But once you get someone to that level, I think that they're a six-figure person if your business is doing as well as you've said it's doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, By the way, you're, you're paying for loyalty, right, Beth? So By part of me paying for loyalty, we've also paying, created, yeah. I've created above market rates for a skill set, but you're paying for the right to not have to train somebody else and just keep yep. the business. And b- both of my admin are so qualified. Kevin is my ops manager and Andy's our success manager. They could both go out and start their own team. They could both be wildly successful at whatever they choose to do. They're very talented individuals. And so I've, I felt like I've always probably paid them 20 to 30,000 more um, in our Omaha marketplace than what that position probably should be getting paid. But I always ask myself, what would my business look like if they weren't there? And what if I had to replace them? How much would I need to spend to get somebody else up to speed to where they are at? And I don't know that they could be replaced in Omaha. I hope they're watching. I'll show them this episode, but I don't think they could be replaced. And so one other way I helped, um, in, help them build a business and build more revenue because I felt like Omaha's elite got to a point where they're capped. Um, Andy as a success coach gets $84,000 a year and he also has a team he sells. So we started our coaching entity two years ago, Elite Real Estate Systems, and I made them both equity partners in Elite Real Estate Systems. And what's interesting with that is the success of Elite Real Estate Systems hinges on the success of the real estate team. So you might consider, instead of giving someone equity of your business for all those listening, you might consider instead of giving your closest people equity, you figure out an additional business that can run parallel, like a title company. I've heard of a lot of broker owners and team leaders giving ownership positions to their top agents and or staff in a title company. It also works really well in a flipping business. If you're doing any rental acquisition, when you purchase rentals, they put a little skin in the game and you allow them to invest in your rental portfolio. Whatever you can do to help endear them to stick staying with you without having to pay them more revenue. Will you share a specific um, amount or percentage on equity of elite real estate systems that these people have uh, earned? I don't feel comfortable talking about that on air. Okay, fair enough. I don't think it, I think they would be fine doing it, but I'm not going to speak to their ownership positions. It's a great question. Um, I don't think that that's really the, the question. Isn't the percentage of equity? It's how much they'll earn 
off of their position in that business. I think that's totally. more important. And so I wanted to put them in a place where over the next five to 10 years, we could build another business that runs parallel to Omaha's elite that would allow them to earn at least the amount they were, their salary was paying them. Yep. So think, yep. think of it that way, independent of how much the equity position is, it was more about doubling their income or tripling it. And one challenging thing for a leader, and Brandon, I'm sure you've experienced this too, because I can tell you have a high eye in your personality. It's watching everyone else around you struggle while you continue to do better and better and better. So I had agents that worked their butts off that were continuing to make 40,000 a year or admin making 40,000 a year. And I continued doubling my income year after year. And I wanted everyone else to get to experience what I experienced. And one thing I'll mention to everyone on this is those people don't necessarily need to experience exactly what you've experienced from a financial uh, income generation standpoint. You've taken a lot more risks than all those other people. So while I want to pay them well, I never need to feel guilty that I'm making 10 times or 100 times more than what they're making because I've chosen to go down paths that they never had to go down. I took risks they never had to take. They all have been guaranteed their pay as long as they've been with me year after year. I've never been guaranteed anything. Sure, sure. I'll tell you one thing that was revealed to me very clearly was we had a gal come to us uh, maybe two, two and a half years ago, wanted to join the team. We weren't ready. We didn't have the office space. We We just weren't that big yet. Um, but we liked her. We so we recommended she go to a local franchise, and and so she got in at this franchise at a kind of a sub agent level that they have for like the spouses of agents. Like you're there, but you can't do deals. You can't park in the parking lot of the actual <laughs> office. I mean, it was like that's okay, amazing. So, so great, I love this person. Great, great, right? Matt, great. can we interview whoever created the no parking in the parking lot rule? I'm trying not awesome. to be. I'm trying not to be indelicate or insult anyone here because it's a fit. It's a fit for some people. You love it, right? But if you put somebody into that holding pen and you identify that they have tremendous ambition, by God, get them out of there, or they will explode out on their own. Right? Can we agree on right. that? Yes. Absolutely. So sure enough, she stayed in touch with us every couple of months. You know, mm. are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? And finally, we were ready. We got the new yeah. building. She has six X her income her first year oh at God. our firm from what she went wow. from holding pen to this year's GC or NCI. Oh, you know, that's awesome, man. That's <laughs> so, cool. Yeah. yeah. And I think Super the big, proud of that. The big dysfunction there, um, and Brandon, I'll let you fall on the sword on this, and I have been guilty as well, is Brandon hadn't built an infrastructure strong enough to be able to support one extra person. And yep. so all of us should be cognizant of that. What kind of business have we built? What kind of support do we have to offer? And how do we scale when we grow? The question and the function shouldn't be if we grow. We should always be trying to grow larger. Um, you, I listened to a lot of the words people choose to use. And early on in the call, you said something about how your business last year did X and now you've grown to Y. Your business will continue to grow as long as you're intentional about its growth. And so agents are constantly talking about all these little details of all these different things. And I always bring it back to the three pillars of growth. And it's always recruiting, training and retaining. And your business can go as big as you want. I was intentional on our office space here. I have 3,200 square feet, but there's no formal offices for agents. When you have formal offices, you always have the issue of having to expand more offices like uh, Wolf on Wall Street. If you ever saw that movie, you're constantly moving into new space. I wanted a space that I could have hundreds of agents in a small 3,000 square foot environment. And now with elite real estate systems, we offer the virtual uh, training option. People can literally not come into the office and not park in the parking lot and still attend all of our trainings, which I think is, I think we're going to see more of that going into the future because people aren't going to be able to afford these huge brick and mortar boxes. Let me debate one thing. Let me debate one thing though. There is, and for the sake of doing it, 
there's a great saying, I've made a lot more money by saying no than I ever made by saying yes, right? Mm-hmm. We, and, and here's another quote that I love by Yvonne Chouinard recently. Listen to a, how I built this podcast with Guy Raz. He interviewed Yvonne Chouinard, founder of Patagonia. He said, Guy, there's two ways for a business to grow. A business can grow big, a strong or fat. They're not the same. So let's look at one of these big, big national, international firms who basically fog a mirror, join our team, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll put sure. you through. You call 500 people with Mojo Dialer every day. Some, one of them's bound to need right. to sell, right? That's our model, okay? So rather than we're on about a 15% incline with growth is where I like mm-hmm. to be. We grew 70% this year. I don't plateau. I never have and I never could, mm-hmm. but I'm only on about a 15% incline. When we're ready, when we've got the space, you're absolutely welcome to come to the team. We're not ready yet. And it's it's worked really well. I, I have not had to let a lot of people go. We've not gotten into this big contentious or lit- litigious uh, you know, situation. So I love what you've done. Your growth has been spectacular. I'm not wired for that 90%, 100%, 200% type growth. 350%. Our there first year was 350%, but that's what we've I'm saying. averaged at 25%. And I love the point you're making in the sentiment. And the number one goal, um, reason that any business grows, however it grows, is how the CEO chooses to drive it. It's all about the vision that the CEO has. So as I used to be pretty judgmental about some firms that I didn't agree with, and there's a lot of them out there that just have completely grown probably bigger than that they should have and the value is not there for the agents, but that was their goal. That's part of their strategy. And you you can have your own strategy and everyone listening can choose their strategy. So I love that this is a topic that we're talking about and everybody can choose how they want to grow. And I think it all comes back to the foundation. Don't grow. Like Brandon said, no is sometimes a better decision than yes, even if it's the right fit, because you don't want someone to join. And then they leave six months later and say how horrible it was because the infrastructure wasn't there. There was no parking space. There was no office for them. There was no admin support or whatever, whatever the case may be. But in this line of talking, my goal next year, just to put it out to the world, is to grow 100% in agent count. We're going to go from 50 to 100, but I was intentional to build an infrastructure that could take on that growth. So before we ever had an agent, I always have said lead with leads, not lead with revenue when it comes to recruiting. If you have an additional 35 leads a month, you should add an additional agent. But of course, there's a lot more than that. You have to have success managers in place. You have to have admin in place. The infrastructure needs to be prepared for the growth. And from the 1 million licensed realtors in this country, this many of them can contextualize what you're even saying. Whereas (laughs) it's true. How many mega agents are there? Right. I mean, it's inspiring. Uh, It's very, it's inspiring. But the other Mm -hmm. 99.9%, one of my goals is to, two of my long-term goals, number one, raise the barrier of entry into this business in the first place. Too many knuckleheads who blew through the online stuff and have no idea what they're doing, right? Raspberry eventually. Number two, get people to open up to this concept that the holy grail of business and generating income in this world is being comfortable enough to hire someone to join you and help you and then to build a team below them. That's the number one limiting factor. You can do it with a temp agency. You can do it with a two-month trial of a $12 an hour assistant or a high school intern like what we have. But just getting someone over that hump, you don't have to grow at 350%. But by God, step into leverage. Try it out. If it doesn't work, cut it loose, right? Yep. And people are scared to fail. 
There's fear so is the number scary. one reason people don't grow. And you talked about that tiny little percentage. We like to think that that's our audience we're speaking to is that tiny little percentage. I speak a lot um, over every, like at least every month, sometimes twice a month, I'll go locally or nationally and I'll speak to groups of agents. And it's shocking to me. I don't know if you've ever seen the Lego movie because you have small kids, Brandon. I bring it up. The first Lego movie when the main character sees the girl and he's like, he's like turned on by her or whatever. And he goes, uh, <laughs> Every time I speak now, because I go at this pace and I'm so used to talking really fast and covering like a thousand topics, everyone in the audience is going, uh, but I'm not speaking to everyone. I'm speaking to 1%. I don't care about the average that doesn't want to grow and become better. I care about the people that want to scale and that want to grow. And I think that it's awesome that your mindset from a leadership standpoint is to help the agents within your group grow. And it's your goal that they all hit six figures. And once they're hitting that, it's going to be your goal that they hit, you know, 200,000 and 300,000 and so on. You made a statement in your the top five things I wish I'd have known podcast three episodes ago where you said the my definition of success is when you've achieved the ability to empower other people. Right. Mm-hmm. So you've got this one percent who can understand what you're saying. All I'm saying is. To help people just step on that bottom step of the escalator, you know, how do I go from zero to just dipping my toe? And uh, and you're doing that, you know, and you're doing that. But but yeah, that's that's where the other nine hundred ninety nine thousand or whatever. God, man. Well, let's talk about two things because we're well, we we can go on. Uh, Sorry, we can keep on going down this it's track, right? and I love it. Love but it. I do want to make sure that we get two things across. Number one which is that, Brandon, I want you to briefly talk about the next step for you guys, which is to add a zero to the end of your transactions. And then I want to get into, back to the, the conversation of retaining your people by letting them develop teams within teams and let you guys riff on that. But what, what's the deal with us? Uh, so what's the focus now for this coming year about adding a zero to the end of your deals? Okay. So um, about a month ago, I went to every one of the team, team meeting and I said, guys, every one of you has to choose a path of narrow focus for 2018. This is not to replace what you're doing or to take away our equity sales and residential, but I want you to specialize, take a path. So Jackson at my team is very interested in commercial. We get about one commercial call a month that I say, no, we don't really do commercial. It's a little bit of a distraction. We pass it on. Let's stop doing that. So Jackson and I are going to go the commercial route. Two agents in the firm are super interested in new construction and condo development and so forth. And then uh, two of them are interested in senior real estate and estate sales and so forth. So we've got these three paths of focus for the firm. The condo development, we had yesterday, this is so serendipitous and ironic. I had a meeting last night with a what I call an enterprise client, somebody who can refer us mm-hmm. hundreds of deals, right? He came and said, Brandon, there's a bit of a moratorium on big condo development right now because of an insurance thing in Washington, but we're expecting that to be fixed. We have a hundred acres where we can build a thousand units. We're going to start with an 80 unit condo, $500,000 price tag. We want to start working with you guys a year ahead of time to be able to market Mm -hmm. and sell those. To be able to say to him, you know what? We're already working on it because of what we had already decided as a team. So we're going to do what you do, Jeff. We're going to go to other agents in non-competing markets. Guys, what is the best practices for pre-marketing and marketing a condo development? Find out what the top guys are doing. Copy what they're doing. Then this guy is a commercial agent. He, he's a captive agent for a, a big, this big, uh, you know, PE firm. But uh, he, I said, next thing is, Neil, we want to get into commercial. He said, Brennan, here is exactly what you need to do to own the big multifamily market in this area. And he gave it to me step by step by step. And I just sat there like drinking from a fire hose and it's easy stuff. Like you said, you know, it's the stuff is not rocket science. 
It's a matter of where to apply the pressure and the learning, learn the vocabulary. So those are the two biggest ways that we're going to add zeros on to these paychecks. And I watch these deals come together, these these $14 million multifamily deals with a 2% SOC tacked onto them. So I want to step into that moving river of deals. Yep. That's, uh, that's how we're... Once you're doing that, we would love to bring you back on and have you share whatever you feel comfortable sharing with the national audience to get some ideas on how to do it. That is something I can't speak to. So that's awesome. I'm good for love you guys. Too. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Cool, man. I love that idea of having everyone specialize <clears throat> and take a take a direct path. So I wanted to make sure that we got that across because that's something that in, anybody, any team, no matter how big or small, can encourage their agents to to specialize, whether it's to to go up in price, right, and start adding a zero to the end of their deals. And of course, you can do that by getting into luxury as well. But also just the idea, Brandon, that you've got people on your on your team that you're you're giving them some business. You want them to bring in their own business, and of course, then they got their sphere. So within that bucket of hey, the business that you're going to bring in, the more you specialize, the better you get at bringing in a certain type of deal, and the better and faster you are at working the deal, the easier it gets. The, you know your your average um, income per hour starts going up, and everybody wins, right? So yeah. it's a, just a good thing all around. But let's get into the teams within teams conversation, Brandon. So you you're in a situation where uh, you have an opportunity now. You've got agents underneath you. You can start giving them that opportunity. Um, so kind of what's what's the next step now that you know that that's an option? Like how would how would you start to work that into the structure of your team now so that they can start building out a team underneath them? We started uh, in actually at the start of this summer, we started introducing it by bringing in teenage interns into the firm. So this is, we had a 17-year-old daughter of two commercial property owners who just, this 17-year-old is destined for glory. She speaks the language. She grew up with it with her parents and everything else. So she came in. We hired a 15-year-old uh, nanny of for one of the kids of one of our agents to come in and hand address 250 envelopes per week. So we're that's one of our most powerful uh, prospecting tools is just to push these envelopes out. Hey, we have a client named Joan who's looking for a house just like yours. She's not looking to steal a house. She's willing to pay fair market value for a property. Have you considered selling? Every week we get one or two calls from those and we've generated a lot of revenue from those. She hand addresses them because they get opened better that way, right? Yeah. And then, and then we had another one, a uh, first-year college student, who, a son of one of our clients who actually got his license and would come in. So these, so each of those interns sat next to and got to um, work closest with one individual agent. Those agents now understand what's it like to begin delegating some of this mm -hmm. stuff to yeah. them, taking some of that everything else off the, you know, away from the P of production and handing it over to someone else. Two of those interns went back to school, but now those agents are going, guess what? Hey, Brennan. We're getting pretty busy. Can we bring someone else in? We've got open desks in the office for exactly that purpose, right? So that's how these guys are thoroughbreds. The agents at my firm are destined for awesomeness. I don't want to, like you said, hold them back to the point where they go, I could be doing more if I was on my own or started my own thing. It's easy to do. Brandon's done it. I want to have them building their teams here. And I also, the same thing, keeping them staying one or two steps ahead of them with this area of specialization in 2018. That's exactly why I'm doing that. So they can see guys, if we focus on this and build that into our business, build the team we need to support that new track, we can continue growing with no ceilings. That's the goal there. Awesome. I love the, the idea of using those interns. You're teaching obviously responsibility. Um, a lot of agents don't have to answer to anyone and they become somewhat accustomed to be being taken care of by father Brandon Nelson, 
who is responsible for doing everything outside of the transaction that they're prospecting for and servicing. And one of the things we've learned, we have over 12 agents now with teams within their team, at least one agent or more. And what we've learned is they've come to, um, I guess, appreciate all that our team has done for them up to this point. And they had taken and they've admittedly taken a lot of things for granted in terms of lead generation and back office systems and admin support, et cetera, et cetera. And now as a team leader of just one or two agents, they come back to me and they say, I can't believe you guys have 50 agents. Like, how do you do that? I can barely handle my two agents, let alone 50. And it's helped totally change their mindset. And they've become more appreciative of being a a team within my team rather than just going off on their own. And um, another really important part of this is when it comes to the value that a team leader offers, you should have a systematic way to show someone that by staying with you, um, all the costs you're covering is is going to help offset the costs that they would otherwise incur should they leave and start their own team. So at an 80-20 split right now for us, if an agent leaves us, they save, let's argue, 20%, but there's still that 6% royalty. But even call it 20%, they'd be spending way more than 20% on their P&L to go and start their own team. So there's a lot of value add for people to choose to stay within a team like Brandon's and choose to build a team within it. Um, I think also from a leadership standpoint, Brandon, you have to continually be able to add value. And so that somebody doesn't get to the point where they say, well, I'm just like Brandon. Why don't I do it on my own? Brandon has to always step up his game. And anyone listening that's in a leadership role, you always have to step up your game, myself included, so that I can keep giving value to those that are on my team. And we do that through traveling, masterminding, podcasts, uh, books that we read, different people that we can meet in our local national markets. And I, I've already heard the way you've spoken on this call day. You're doing that. And so that's awesome. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I want to touch on one thing that I brushed over quickly, and that is the value of what I call enterprise clients, the clients mm-hmm. who can refer many, many deals. And so two of those, one is this, this developer or this, uh, you know, this, this big commercial property owner I talked about in town with their thousand condos that they can do here. The other one though, that's, that's local. It's awesome. Has been the university. So we've now sold homes to faculty and st- over 50 faculty and staff at Western Washington University. We wow. have three dozen five-star reviews from those clients. So we compiled those into a university-specific pros- prospecting piece, a magazine that the department heads that does the hiring for each of those <clears throat> different departments now has access to. And so when they do hiring, boom. So with That's that awesome. relationship. I love it. If you, if you look at, look at a pattern of any big employer or any local source of who's sending us multiple deals a year, great. Take their people, those clients, take their reviews, build it into something very specific to them, and then give it back to the people in charge of hiring and referring. An awesome way. And because I have those relationships, then my team is going to be, well, I'm not going to walk away from that. That's a, that's a, that's a dream of constant business. Yep. That's That's really good. And Jeff, when I, when I had Andy on the show, um, man, it's been a a few months back, but he had a great insight that I've never really heard anyone else say about what, what's the value of a team leader once they've stepped out of production. Right. So we're, we're all at this level where we're, you know, we're talking about culture and leadership and vision, blah, blah, blah. Like it's all true. But he did mention something really good, which is that what Jeff is still prospecting, he's just prospecting for relationships rather than individual deals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Brandon, that's what you're talking about is, is you've got the people that can fulfill it, but you're the guy that goes out there and you're prospecting for those super high level relationships that can bring in multiple, multiple deals a year. Like you're the guy that can do that. The average agent doesn't have the business acumen to sit down with somebody and have that level of conversation. But if you do, then they can plug into that system and get a constant stream of deals they can't get on their own. So like the whole thing works together. 
And here's the secret sauce. Don't miss this point. When you have written reviews from that tribe of people, nothing resonates more to the new members of that tribe than those people's reviews. Yep. So, so, you know, segregate those and be able to deliver them back well, to the hiring manager. And let, let me give you a caveat to that as well. Not only have you gotten the reviews from people in the tribe, you're not the one sharing those reviews with the incoming uh, hire. It's somebody else who who's hiring them that's sharing that's right. those reviews. And that's the same thing I talk about social media. It's fine to get a picture in front of the house saying, hey, I just sold a house to this lovely couple, but have them post it to their page and share it onto yours. Don't post it on your page and share it onto theirs. Nice. Love that. Love Good that. Point. One point right, I want to bring up, have, Matt. Um, yeah, go ahead. Something, something mid-interview I like to always talk about. It's our workshop. Um, I've never really broken it down. I want to do that quickly. Um, at the team building workshop, a lot of people are worried when they come, there's going to be all sorts of upsells, which by the way, Brandon, side note, you're able to come to the workshop for free if you'd ever like to attend because you are a podcast <laughs> member. Rock on. Seriously? So, I'm there, seriously. Man. I was hoping right. you would do that. <laughs> awesome. I did it. You're in, man. Come and check it out. Um, I don't pay for airfare or hotel stay, unfortunately. It's all right, man. I'll cover it. That's awesome. Cool. Thank cool. you. So a lot of people are nervous when they go to a workshop that I think that they're going to learn something new that they then feel like they have to apply into their business. And they're fearful that they're going to feel like they have to exude change, which is the whole purpose of coming. If you want to grow, if you don't want to grow, stay home and do what you've been doing. But for those that do choose to come, we aren't going to like continually upsell you the whole time. And I am going to be present the entire day. So a lot of people are like, wow, Jeff was there for six hours. I didn't expect it. Yeah, it's my team building workshop. So I'll be there. Um, but the focus is going to be talking on things like we've talked about today, which was culture. We'll talk about lead gen and lead conversion and the best sources, return on investment. And then Kevin, my ops manager, will spend an hour and a half talking all about back office. So admin roles, contracts, fill forms, all the different software and tools that we've used to help us expand the business. And then Andy, our success manager, will spend 90 minutes talking about his success manager role, how we inspect what we expect, how he has a weekly accountability meeting with each of our agents. He also serves as the accountability coach uh, for all of our elite real estate systems clients. And then we'll end the day, we go to dinner, and I promise everyone that comes that, that, that no question will go unanswered. Um, every person that comes has like a list of questions. We go, we do a hot seat at dinner where we answer every question. The only upsell is our coaching program. So for $497 a month, people can join Elite Real Estate Systems live stream product, which is a uh, live training in my office Wednesdays and Fridays that they can make available to their agents. And then also on Thursdays, we have a high level podcast like this just for our ERS live stream clients. And they get a weekly call with uh, the success coach, Andy Cuny. So it's a huge value add. Everyone that's come has loved it. We've had three, over 300 people that have now come and taken advantage of the workshop. So I just invite anyone else out there that's checking this podcast out today that hears me talking about it. Take it, take this opportunity and I'm going to offer you a 50% discount. If you come November or December of 2017, you can use discount code half off one slash two off. When you sign up, it's normally $29.97 to attend with one guest. We're going to just charge you guys $14.97 with one guest. And with that, we're also going to give you access to our Google Drive, which houses all of our intellectual property. And we're going to make you a member of our private Facebook group, which is comprised of only individuals that have paid the $3,000 and have come out. So it's a lot of thought leaders in the industry like Brandon Nelson and many others that you will know when you join that group. So it's a huge value add. I just want to invite everyone and to find out more information about both of those things, the workshop and the live stream, just go to EliteRealEstateSystems.com. Yeah. Jeff, I've cool. been dying to ask, is the is the workshop that coincides with the Berkshire Hathaway shareholders event, uh, is it a distraction or is that a is that a, a the event, yeah, to be, that, or the workshop to be at? 
You know, I wouldn't say there's a workshop to be at. We also do one during the College World Series. It's just an add-on for fun. We actually don't make any extra money. I just know I'm going to the Berkshire event, so why not invite people to stay an extra day or come a day early and go to the Berkshire event with us? I wouldn't say it's a distraction at all. The biggest distraction is that usually has about 40 people, so you really won't get as much in, you yeah. know, one-on-one -on -one time yeah. with us. I, if yeah. you're going to come out, I'd recommend come out in December or January, like you, yeah. right? When it, when there's, when it's what, you know, less attended. So you just have more of my personal you. time, right? That's just right. Like, exactly. Awesome. That's what I would do if I were you. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so we do do, for those listening, the... we do special events throughout the year. Um, anything yeah. that we think would be interesting to people in the Omaha area, which is the college world series and the Berkshire Hathaway <laughs> event. That's and right. we could throw in the zoo if we wanted to. <laughs> We haven't done a Henry Dorley Zoo event yet, Matt. We'll have to oh, think about man. that. That's fine. I just want to meet you and Warren, and if I do that, then we're good. Right. You'll see Warren. I can promise you that if he's alive by next year, you will see him. Oh, oh. Awesome. <laughs> he's old, dude. These guys are crazy old. Like you'll be shocked when you see these guys, and they they are the smartest people I've ever seen. Oh, for sure, for they're sure. They're on it, and they're on eighty businesses. They do a Q and A session, and they're just throwing these guys questions all left and right, and they're like boom, boom, boom. Like they they're ready to answer everything that comes at them. It's awesome. Oh, so cool. So cool. <laughs> Right on, man. All right. So, Brandon, remind everybody of where you're at so they can keep you in mind for referrals and let them know, like, how, how do they reach out yeah. to the team to do that? Yep. Bellingham, Washington, which I will tell you is one of the most exciting markets. We're a lifestyle town, college town, ski mountain behind town, saltwater islands out front. It is Bellingham is about to hockey stick. So if you mm -hmm. like this sort of West Coast town, come and check us out for sure. Um, my, my email, Brandon at BrandonNelson.com. My website's BrandonNelson.com. You know, look me up. I'd love to or friend me on Facebook, whatever you want to do. I, I love it. After these podcasts, I usually make a few new connections and I love that. So reach out to me. Love it. All right, guys. And then for us, Jeff, you forgot to mention where, where people can go. So it's jeffsworkshop.com, by the way, to learn more about the workshop specifically. And then I think you guys have a, a direct link for live stream. Is that right? Is yeah, it ERS? ERSlivestream.com. Perfect. If you just go right, to EliteRealEstateSystems.com, both the links are at the top. That's right. Yep, exactly. So then, like Jeff mentioned uh, earlier, just make sure to subscribe to the show. Leave us a review if you appreciate it. Share it with your friends on Facebook. Uh, share this live broadcast. Uh, if you enjoy it and you know that you'll, you know, uh, other agents in your network will get value out of it. <clears throat> so make sure to subscribe on uh, YouTube, iTunes, and Stitcher. Uh, and then, Jeff, we did have one question that I wanted to address real quick. Uh, and mm -hmm. we can talk about this both from success managers and admin. I'd love to hear Brandon's perspective on it because we've got maybe a couple minutes left. Janice Copeland says, do you pay your success manager who oversees the agent a base plus commission are they getting you know would you would you pay a success manager or someone like that at like a high level admin would you pay them a split or a flat yeah. fee uh, on top of the base? i'll take this first then brandon you can share how you choose to do it so as a ceo when i first launched my team i was the success manager i was also the ops manager and sometimes right. i was an admin um, and i never paid myself extra i paid myself ten thousand dollars a month as ceo uh, when I was holding agents accountable, of course, I was keeping the difference of their commission split. I've heard of teams offering a bonus to the success manager. So like a, a small salary, like 30,000 a year. And then every time an agent would sell a property, that success coach got an additional couple hundred dollars, $200 a deal or something like that. I'm not a big fan of bonuses. We used to do bonuses with our admin staff. We don't do any more bonuses at all. Uh, the dysfunction there is when your team doubles in size and you have to hire an additional success manager, they then will have to split the bonus for you to stay profitable. 
And most people don't like having to split a bonus. And so it puts your success manager in a position where they're going to try to tell you that they, you don't need more. They don't need more support because they want to keep all of the bonuses that are coming in. And that same thing happens with admin, showing assistance, whatever the case might be. So we just chose a salary that I felt like would help replace me. Um, instead of, you know, I was paying myself 120,000, but I thought, wow, what could I do with that additional time? If I had 20 more hours a week to put towards building the business and creating relationships, higher level relationships. And so I started my, one of my top agents off as the success manager, Andy Cuny, and I asked him to do 20 hours of work. So it was like a part-time job and I paid him $50,000 a year. And then this year he came on full-time. I'm paying 80, I'm paying him $84,000 a year for around 40 hours. And I helped him and I continue to help motivate him to build his team. So he's also generating revenue off of his team. And then I made him a partner in elite real estate systems. He's generating revenue off of the coaching business. And so net net, he's making a lot more money working in all those capacities than just running his real estate team. But he knows he could be successful just running his real estate team. I think he just really enjoys being in that coaching role. Yeah. yeah. Brandon, what do you think, especially when it comes to, uh, to admin or other high level people as you build out the organization? Well, I, I, let me tell you, I, I am I totally, totally bow to Jeff's experience being several steps ahead of where I am. I think that's brilliant what he just said. It makes a lot of sense as you need to scale that position. Now you're mm -hmm. dividing. So I would say I would follow Jeff's advice. I would go with a I would have a very, very clear written description of what the expectations are. I would have checklists for them to follow. And then I would do the base salary, uh, like he says, but I would also give them the test, the five love languages. I would find out exactly what makes them tick and feel warm and fuzzy. And I'd be sure to give them lots of love along the way. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's great. All right, guys. Well, that is all the time that we have. I wanted to make sure that we hit that question before we signed off, guys. So just uh, appreciate Brandon. This was uh, has been awesome. And we really appreciate you sharing. And Jeff, you went deep on some stuff that it's been a while since we covered. In fact, I think yep. the last time we covered commission splits is before we started this podcast. It's there may be an old hangout, Google Hangout <laughs> on our YouTube channel that covered this. Um, but we haven't covered it on the podcast. So there, I know there's a ton of people out there that will be going back and like, is it possible to listen things on like 0.4 speed? Um, the, right. Because you were going really fast through the split. So there's people like furiously burning through notebooks. Like Let me stop you, Matt. That. Let me stop yeah. you. One of the most enjoyable things to do is put you guys on 1.5 and this freaking groove out on it. Oh because my gosh. Like two of the smartest people in the world going at 1.5 <laughs> is awesome. It's awesome. Oh my God. Awesome. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know you could comprehend what Jeff says at one and a half speed. But I'll have to go back and try that myself. All right, point, guys. Matt, I will so say on the, on, the, yeah. on the commission split front, one point I will say is yeah. make sure that the split nets you a certain amount. So it's my goal with that commission split, we average about $1,300 per transaction. And so the focus shouldn't be the commission split. It should be what you're netting per transaction. And every market's going to be a little bit different. So also it needs to meet whatever your team's goal is. Maybe you want to net 3000 or 5000 per transaction based on what your overhead expenses are. My goal was to net 30% of our gross commission income. So my commission splits were designed the way they were so that I could keep 30% of the um, net of the gross commission income. Mm -hmm. gotcha. mm -hmm. Let me let me stop one second. Let me just ask Grace what that number was. I want to see what oh, our cool. average uh, commission. Hey, Grace. Let's see. Grace, what was our average commission revenue? $10,541. All right. Cool. Makes wow. sense. About twice as much as ours. Yep. Awesome. So yeah. That's awesome, yeah. dude. That's great to know that, too. So when you start envisioning uh, as a team lead, how much money as the team leader you want to net at the end of the year, if you know you make 1250 a deal, now you guys might know why I'm trying to double my team size. And I know the average agent last year did 29 transactions. 
But as you hire a lot of newer agents, that average per, per agent transaction is going to go down, which we're accounting for that. And that's why training is so important. So it all comes back, guys, to recruiting, training and retaining through offering value. Brandon, you've done a great job at that. I know you're going to continue to grow. Um, your only limiting belief is the speed in which you're choosing to grow. And I think that in the coming years, you're going to see that you could grow much, much faster. So I'd like to leave with challenging you to grow quicker. I think you're capable of it. And I think it's going to keep you really interested in your role. If you grow at 10 or 15 percent, I don't think that's going to keep you interested. I'm, I'm very open to that. And I acknowledge that. Thanks, Jeff. Yep. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate right, it, guys. Thanks, Thank everybody, guys. for watching. We'll see you on the next one. Yeah.